guys, welcome to the podcast, who even knows, I'm your host, Amelie Melsness, and today it is just me. Um, this is the first episode that I'm kind of doing solo, so we'll see how it goes. Anyway, today we're talking about fast fashion, and to define it real quick, as usual, fast fashion is a fast method of producing clothing that replicates high fashion designs with low quality materials. Fast to make, as the name implies, and because they're cheaply made, um, they're massively consumed and falls apart quickly. Now, um, I feel like a lot of us struggle with fast fashion as a concept. I don't know about y'all, but I do, really, because, I don't know, I know that it's bad, okay? And I feel like everyone at this point pretty much knows that it's bad, And I think we all feel guilty about it, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of us are still buying from there and, or like, you know, participating in fast fashion. And I think one of the reasons why, um, is just because, I don't know, I think it's just like the way that our society is built. I feel like there's a lot of pressure to like always look good all the time, you know, and like, you know, (laughs) like have really good outfits, like... Anyone that really knows me knows I'm kind of like a fashion freak, right? And I I I always want to look good, you know? And a lot of that time um s- stuff that's like good quality but also is like, you know, looks really nice. It's freaking expensive, okay? I'm not gonna lie, it's expensive and not a lot of people can afford that. And I think a lot of people resort to fast fashion, which is why um there's a huge market for it. I think, like, a lot of people, a lot of people that especially, um, don't have as much money as, like, I don't know, as other people, they just find it, like, easy and accessible, and they can look good without the cost, and it's just a great option for them, and I think it's hard for a lot of people, because of that reason, I think it's hard for a lot of people to grasp, um, I guess how harmful it is, and how, um, you know, buying from fast fashion companies is you take partaking in that harmful nature you know um well fast fashion is just they're okay so the business model is basically based on just they just take things from other designers and replicate them and I think it's important to note that this is legal because it's different than counterfeiting. Like, counterfeiting is when you, like, take the label of it, you know, um, and just, like, copy it, and you think it's the actual brand when it's not. Like, with fast fashion, it's clear, like, if you buy something from Zara, it's from Zara. And there's no real regulations when it comes to, like, sealing, like, the designs because there's, well, there just isn't. And, um... Also, like, another thing that I think influences a a lot is, like, social media, you know? I think, like, a lot of people... I don't know. I don't know about y'all. I keep saying that. I don't know about y'all. But I just... I don't want to wear the same thing twice. (laughs) I really don't. And I don't think it's anyone that's pressuring me to feel that way necessarily. I just don't want to. And I think that's sort of also, like, a driving factor. And... People, like, as a majority, we're not keeping our clothes. Like, we are just not. For, so, basically, there's a statistic that says in 1980, one person, you know, purchases 12 articles of clothing every year, which I think 
in the current, I'm speaking from now, that seems like a very low number, but it's also understandable because, like, um, back then, clothing was probably, you know, way more expensive, but it also lasted way longer, you know? And, like, that's, you know, like, that's sort of, like, back-to-school stuff. Like, we don't really do that anymore. We just buy, like, clothing, like, all year round, like, constantly. Anyway, now it's 68 articles of clothing a year. So, so that's kind of, like, self-explanatory. 60% of clothes aren't even worn, so... I just think, well, that's huge waste. And y'all, y'all, we all know the culprits, the main culprits, H&M, Fashion Nova, Topshop. I'm not even going to get into, like, Shine. I feel like I don't need to get into Shine. I feel like that's, like, a whole subject by itself. <laughs> like, for example, Zara has, like, 24 collections per year. Like, that's, like, every two weeks design to retail that whole process happens in five weeks which is rapid fast like usually like with um high fashion companies like producing the clothing and like you know sending to retail and that whole entire process takes the whole entire like turn event takes about two years so this is like rapid stuff and also i think it's important to note that because like all these fast fashion companies are doing so well other companies that are more ethical or have like a traditional sort of um, process are trying to adopt these fast fashion practices so they can keep up with, um, you know, these companies. Um, and so it's really just an incentive to continue these practices. Okay, so I think they're like, we could divide this issue into a couple of parts. And they're like, basically a couple of like two different sections of this when it comes to like how fast fashion as a process is harmful there's factories and the people that work in them and human rights issues and then there's the um ecological impact and so first I wanted to dive into like the factory process I have to admit that before I researched this I didn't know a lot about how um, the, or the sort of, like, working conditions of people that were in this industry had in, like, um, different countries in Asia. And so, like, in reading this, I was super shocked to find, not super shocked, but I guess it's just really disappointing, you know? I feel like a lot of the time I try to avoid information just because it doesn't upset me, but, like, the more you know, right? I don't know. Anyway, factories. Um... So, I don't know if y'all, a lot of y'all know this. I didn't know this. Again, I think it's the Rana Plaza. There was a collapse in 2013. Hey guys, this will be editing. I forgot to say the country that this happened in. Bangladesh. Okay, bye. It was a building that contained multiple clothing, or that produced clothing for multiple companies. And it had multiple clothing factories. On April 23rd, some cracks appeared and workers tried to notify like managers and people in um I guess people in charge people in bigger positions but you know like hey there are cracks that are starting to form in the walls and they did not like they disregarded their like I guess requests for like the it to be checked out or whatever and the next day the building collapsed 
um, with 3,000 people inside, 1,134 people died, and more than 2,500 people were injured. And I think, like, this sort of event is kind of what took off this, um, global, I guess, awareness of this issue. Obviously, there's, like, some people knew about it, but it wasn't, like, as widespread knowledge as we do now. And you have to ask yourself, you know, how did it get to be this way? How did it, how did we get here, you know? Okay, this is a quote from um, Green Business Network, Green America. And this is what it basically says. Fast fashion brands don't touch production directly. Instead, they outsource production to supplier firms in developing countries known as Tier 1 companies. These Tier 1 companies then subcontract production to manufacturing companies or suppliers that are not officially authorized by or affiliated with the fast fashion brands that carry out the initial outsourcing. Without authorization or affiliation, fast fashion brands carry no legal obligation to ensure decent working conditions in the bottom tiers of their production network. And because unauthorized subcontractors are unregistered, they operate without government regulation and oversight, resulting in deteriorating work facilities where work, uh, worker abuse runs rampant. I think that paragraph can basically summarize sort of the gist of what's going on here more than I ever could. So that's why I wanted to just say that one real quick. Um, so a lot of these um, factories are in um, different parts, different Asian countries. Hi guys, it's me editing again. I forgot to list the frickin' countries that it happened in. Um, China, Bangladesh, Vietnam, Indonesia, and several other poor Asian countries. Okay, bye again. And because it's based on contract work, it can el- it allows unauthorized subcontractors to hire and fire people on a dime, depending on the fluctuating market. I also wanted to mention that, like, the reason we don't have, like, factories and these these clothes aren't made by machines as a whole is because like it's a rapid again it's a rapid changing industry so it's more i guess economically feasible to make human beings create the clothing instead of m- building new machinery every time because again they're coming out with like new stuff every two weeks right so it, it just doesn't make any sense as like in this business model in the countries where this happens, workers' rights are very limited or they're just non-existent. And if they can if the conditions improve in one country, a lot of the times you can just like move to another country and start your business again. A lot of like fast 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 fashion companies when they try to like defend their stances when it comes to working rights in these countries, they like to use the phrase Um, oh, we're, like, paying them the minimum wage. But in a lot of these countries, again, that equals to one-half to one-fifth of living wage. So it's just, I don't know, it's a lot of silly wording. I think as you come to find, like, as I kind of continue to talk, they're always, like, phrasing things, like, I guess, so that it sounds way better than it actually is. My guy, like, I don't know. So to go into, like, more detail, on average, um, their 
14 to 16 hour days. Um, seven days a week is like, I guess, normalcy and 96 hours per week is like the norm as well. In some cases, when they fail to meet their daily target, they are like insulted. They can be denied breaks and they're, you know, they can be denied to like drink water. Basic human stuff. We're talking about basic, basic human stuff. And it's really sad. And most of the people that are working are women. And they're girls and they're children. And so, like, because of this environment that just... I guess, like, managers have so much power. It allows the space where, like, abuse can run rampant. Especially, like, sexual abuse. Because, um, people... The people that are usually in charge in these factories are men. 80 to 95% of women are the gender majority in Bangladesh, Cambodia, Indonesia, and Sri Lanka. And I read somewhere that the reason why they like to employ women is just because there is like a very um, patriarchal system in a lot of these Asian countries that like this is happening in. And so they feel like it's easier to... Um, abuse women because they're just taught to be more submissive and more silent. Not to mention that they also um, oftentimes have duties at home to, you know, and stuff like that. It seems very calculated, y'all. And to think that, like, that companies like Zara are just, they're conscious about this. They know that this is happening. They know that it's literally their fault. Not not just like Zara and H&M, you know, places like, I don't know, Walmart and I guess like a lot of places. I don't know if I should be like surprised about anything anymore. <laughs> These people need to work overtime to survive, to meet those goals that the managers put in place for them. It's just like an incredible breach of human rights that's just and I just also I wanted to say that in the US we've already established that this sort of work this sort of system is unethical like does anyone even remember like the um industrial revolution where sweatshops were taking place in the US I guess what it basically worked the exact same way even, like, with the indirect contracting and all of that. And it led to a lot of the problems that we were already seeing, you know, over, you know, overtime for goals, overworking, poor conditions. Like, we've already established in the U.S. that this is unethical and unacceptable. And I think that this these sort of loopholes, these sort of loopholes aren't enough to justify what they're doing. It's just so that they can, like, wipe their hands clean of any human rights issues that are going on, even though it's literally their fault. Not to mention, there are health and safety risks when working, because these are toxic substances, guys. You know, like fiber dust, there's lack of ventilation. There are people around toxic substances. And maybe, like... Someone could say, hey, 
um, well, why don't they just get a job somewhere else? Well, if they could, they would, my guy. Like, I don't think anyone wants to work in a place that's this toxic and this dangerous. There's not a lot of options for people, you know, for work. I read this thing. I think it was something about, like, women in China, whenever they have the opportunity to um, switch into, like, the tech industry instead of the textile one, they do it, like, in a flash just because of this toxic work environment. Not to say that, like, the tech industry is, like, perfect by any means, but um, just just to, like, emphasize the point that not ev- not no one chooses to, like, work in this sort of environment. Okay. I think we've covered that portion of the issue, and now I want to go into, I guess, purely the environmental impacts. I gotta be honest, y'all. There is a lot of, there's a whole lot of chemical, chemical, chemistry equation things, and whenever I see, you know, letters and numbers, my mind just completely goes blank. Like, it, it just cannot function. I'm not a chemistry person, so I'm not going to talk about, like, all these complicated chemicals and how each one specifically does something wrong and I, I don't know. But I am going to give you the gist of it. Um, fashion production comprises 10% of total global carbon emissions, which is as much as the European Union. Um, more than 60% of fabric fibers are now synthetic, which I'm not surprised about. Like, how many of y'all have ever seen, I don't know, I see way more, like, polyester than I do see, um, cotton and stuff nowadays. Just gonna say it. Just gonna put it out there. There's so many toxic, like, um, fabrics and stuff. And not to mention that, like, it takes up, like, a lot of water to create this clothing, my guy. It's the second largest consumer of the world's water supply. It dries up water sources and pollutes rivers and streams. And I think I watched this video. Okay, y'all, I gotta be honest. I watched the Patriot Act on this, all right? And that is why I'm an expert. You gotta love, you gotta love him. But anyway, in this Patriot Act episode, um, they played this clip of like, I guess it was this, this family like, that resided in a village that was close to, um, factories, and the river, their drinking water was polluted with toxic chemicals, um, and it's this mother with, like, a couple of little children, and her son had liver problems because of this water. That should never happen to a child. Like, ever! Also, 85% of textile waste in the United States goes to landfills or is incinerated. So, like, and then you think about how much overtime these workers are putting in and how much abuse they're tolerating when 85% of it ends up in landfills anyway? That seems like a huge breach of, of, like, literally just human decency. Okay, so I'm going to read a quote. This is, I think it's from Goop. And let me read it out real quick. Conventional cotton is grown with genetically modified seeds and sprayed heavily with Roundup, in which the primary ingredient is glyphosate, bear with me, linked to cancer and other toxic pesticides. And these persist in the, fab- in the fabric even after manufacturing. 
Many textiles also contain chlorine, chlorine bleach, formaldehyde, VOCs, which are volatile organic compounds, PFCs, which are perfluorinated chemicals, ammonia, and or other harmful chemicals. Add that to heavy metals, PVC, and resins, which are involved in dyeing in the printing process. Yeah, that is, that is goop. From That's a quote from an interview with uh, Marcy Zaroff, if that means anything to you. And the Qantas International 2018 report found that three main drivers of the industry's global production impacts are dyeing and finishing, which is 36%, yarn preparation, 28%, and fiber production, which is 15%. Yeah, a lot. it takes like... On average, 700 gallons to produce one cotton shirt and 2,000 gallons of water to produce a pair of jeans. And, like, and then you think about, like, all the kids that are, like, their water, their drinking water has been polluted because of this process. And then they're just using, like, fresh water to create clothes. <laughs> Y'all, it's just, I don't know. I, I just can't even believe it half the time. Like, this is reality. And not only that. Y'all, like, even after we buy clothes, I feel bad about, I feel especially bad about this one. Even after we buy clothes, when you wash it, like, when you put it in the washer, micro, um, microplastics do come out of that, and they end up in the ocean. So, every time, every single time you wash your clothes from, like, you know, again, like, these companies, it, you're still contributing, even after you've bought them. Even after. 35% 35% of microplastics in the ocean are a result of synthetic textiles. And the average American generates 82 pounds of textiles each year. Um, look, I believe it. I believe that, especially in this country, just the amount... I don't know. I think, like, just... We just consume so much without even thinking about it. And I feel like no one's just innocent from this. I feel like we all, like, try to just consume stuff without ever thinking about it. Whether it be, like, I don't know, YouTube. (laughs) Like, from YouTube to, to any sort of media to, like, where we get our things, you know, to, like the way, you know, we take care of ourselves, the way we take care of others. I am just getting really vague here and off topic, so I'm gonna get back to this thing. Um, look, guys, even if you're due, I feel like a lot of people to, like, justify the fact that they're buying, like, a lot of clothing from these companies or whatever, they're kind of like, oh, well, I can just donate them later or whatever to charity or you know y'all like that's just you like charities throw away like a whole bunch of clothing because they're just overflowed with clothing because of this like it's gonna end up in dumps anyway it's just like an indirect way of them ending up in those dumps which leads me to basically like the third and final section Um, obviously, these brands that are doing this, they are fully aware of how this process, you know, takes place. They, they know what's up, 
right? Like, they're, they're in charge of it. They're, like, the root of the issue. And they don't want their customers to feel guilty about it because then they won't purchase from their stores, which is the whole point of this whole entire thing. And so now they're trying to market themselves as eco-friendly, which I find very ironic. It's called greenwashing. And how they do it is that they... Like, for instance, they use, like, a lot of, like, vague words, like, sustainable and, like, green and all that nice stuff, when in reality doesn't really mean anything. And you kind of see this, like, in the uptick in ads like this, where it's just, like, um, I don't even know. It's just, like, just vague stuff being said, and you're like, wow, you can just, like, see, like, it's a bunch of BS. But I guess, like, a lot of the times, like, when it comes to advertising, you're just, like, picking up messages, like, subconsciously that something that whatever is portrayed in advertisements are the way that it actually is, when in reality, it's not like that. And I think that's one of the reasons why they do it, because they know that they're being vague as heck. They know that they're being, like, not making any sense. But, like, sometimes, like, people just, like, I guess, obtain information subconsciously, and that affects our decisions, not to mention that their, like, annual reports are so, like, loophole and stuff. Like, I'm not even gonna get into it. I'm just saying, like, they're just, like, layering. You know how, like, they layer sort of information so you don't really get to, like, the root of it? It's just, it's sucky. And I think, like, one of the primary examples that I wanted to, like, talk about was, like, I feel like everyone's heard of this, but remember that, like, H&M thing where, like, if you, like donate your clothes back or something you get like a 15% discount and like the clothes that you like give to H&M they'll like either donate it or they'll like use it to like produce more clothing bro I cannot like emphasize on that like that's like such a scam and I feel like anyone that's like thinking about it for like you know kind of sat down and like kind of like thought about it they'd be like wait that's kind of fishy you know like again Most clothing, a lot of clothing that's donated ends up in trash, in, like, dumps anyway. 60% is donated to used clothing stores. Um, Most of what's left is turned into, like, scrap fabric, which, you know, like, for, like, cleaning cloths or whatever. And, get this, like, 0.1% is incorporated into new clothes. So, like, are are they, like, reusing a portion of that fabric? Yeah, I guess, but (laughs) a lot of it's just ending up in waste anyway, you know? Oh, yeah, and there's also, like, I forgot to mention this, but I don't know if y'all, like, know, like, if you go on the Zara website, they also have this program that's called, like, quote-unquote, like, Join Life, where it's, like, eco-friendly and, like, under, like, description and a bunch of pieces are, like, oh, this is, like, a, I don't know, like, a life product. It's sustainable, and it's, like just like all, again all those like vague words okay and i know look this is very depressing and i've basically been like yelling about this this whole entire time oh my god it's been like 30 it's been i've been yelling about this for literally like half an hour oh my god um i'm sorry <laughs> i didn't i didn't i didn't want to be like so depressing today but i guess like without, like, other people to talk to, I just kind of stay focused, and so it gets, like, really concentrated. But, um, I guess wanted to say, like, 
it isn't all that bad and I look I'm not trying to diminish I don't mean like I'm diminishing like the issue at hand here like I know it's a big freaking deal okay and I know this is like a really big problem I'm just saying like there are actions that you can take to even think kind of small ones that'll like help out this situation most of y'all have heard this before but again like thrifting is key and if you talk to me like any time this past week you probably know this um this past weekend or like I guess the weekend before yeah this past weekend I went to like this thrift shop um in Berkeley like near like the UC Berkeley campus and let me tell you it had such cheap stuff oh and they were all so mm, quality quality pieces cheap beautiful I got like three different stuff from three different pieces from there it was exceptional and I just know if I found like similar pieces and like a place like Urban Outfitters or something it would have been like triple the price I'm just saying I'm just saying I've, I feel like I repeated this like this whole entire week like I've been just like venting about this <laughs> thrift store um but yeah thrifting's like pretty key and I feel like a lot of people can do it because again like a lot of these um clothes or mass produced are going into like donation centers anyway so if you can like buy up some of that it's probably like a good thing that you can do if you can afford it yeah you can buy from like ethical companies and stuff um but i think like the here's the thing about that i think like the market that like these fast fashion companies are geared towards it's not to like a market that can like afford like high quality clothes it's to like the market that like can't choose like you know good looking clothes and like relatively like cheap stuff at the same time and so i feel like that's like a not like i guess people that have this problem when it comes to like where they buy their clothes like buying from like super expensive like green companies isn't really like an option for them and like I get it because like me too (laughs) um they're really expensive like I legitimately tried like a couple of times to look up sustainable companies that I could buy from it's just it's not happening y'all that's some pricey stuff that's some pricey stuff which leads to like the third option buy less and use longer if nothing else i have look i do have some h&m pieces in my closet i do have some zara pieces in my closet i'm not gonna like come to y'all and be like you know i'm a freaking saint i've never purchased from any of these countries ever and most of all i feel super bad because i think this was like before um I really knew about, like, Shine. I did buy pajamas from Shine. Oh, my God. And it, I felt so bad afterwards. Because I was like, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like, oh, this is really cheap. Uh, and that was a year ago. And I still feel bad. Um, I guess my point is, like, I have pieces from three years ago in there. I guess, like, take care of your pieces, you know? Treat them with care. A little bit of care. So that they don't just disintegrate in your hands. Like, I have some stuff... I still use clothes from, like, the fifth grade. And I think it's, like, a good way to help. But just keep, like, clothes for just, like, a little longer, you know? Anyway, 
yeah, so thank you guys for listening. I know I've been, like, ranting for what feels like forever. Seriously, I think I've been talking for, like, a ridiculous amount of time. It feels so weird, because I'm legit, like, in a storage closet, just talking to myself. Like, talking into my phone. It's it's just, like, this weird feeling. Um, but, uh, thank you guys for listening. Again, we're coming out with new episodes. I guess it's me. I'm coming out with new episodes every Friday. Um, follow us at who even knows underscore the podcast on Instagram. And also, if you guys like wanna come on and be guests, that's totally fine. Like, I don't really have to know you too well to be for you to be a guest or for you to like come to me with ideas or whatever. You know, just feel free to like freely communicate with me like through through that handle. Um, I guess I'll see you guys next week. Bye!